0: Lee Wernos murdered them, robbed
1: them, and then drove home in their cars.
2: Those men were shot just, just shot, and something, boom, 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 you know, they weren't cut up, they weren't sliced up, no OJ Jazz, you know, and he said, I did the most horrendous crime in the whole wide world. Not true? I guess not. All they were was shot and left. (laughs) If it was a horrendous crime, why didn't I shoot them between the eyes, cut their penis off, stick it in their mouth, you know, do all kinds of gross stuff? All they were was shot and left, you know?
0: Welcome, everybody, once again to a Safe Place podcast. And uh, Craig's hit me with a bombshell this evening. He wants to articulate what he believes white evil exists.
1: Right then, so you asked me to We're about to do a podcast Aren't we on a serial killer famous uh, From the film Monster And it's a sad story and it made me Actually dig deeper And deeper into my own mind And psychology and everything that's out there About why Is there so much evil in the world Not just with serial killers And and this story in particular uh, She was created By her environment So I wanted to hit you with some bombshells and see how you handle them and, and see what your answers is, because uh, I'm working on something at the moment.
0: Go on, then. And it, this hasn't been pre-rehearsed, so I'm feeling a little bit nervous here. hit me with some bombshells. Just make sure you get yourself right in the lens there, pal. There we go.
1: So basically, uh, there's, a, there's a statistic out there that under a brain scan, a serial killer does not show up empathy to violent images or the, the normal stuff that we would great, yeah. feel sad about. And they say that this is a genetic thing that they the empathy might not be able to be learned. Now with my own mind, I believe that you can uh, adopt anybody at any age and change belief systems and, and learn them new lessons, right? So um, just like empathy isn't there, I think that other emotions uh, aren't there when you're growing up. I've grown up and had certain skills that other people have had and I haven't. This is just our environment, our parenting.
0: Perfect way of putting it, yeah.
1: Yeah, so I believe it's something that happens when they're young. Empathy is like a skill to learn and if you don't view it or see it, Or you see it and you don't like it and you polarise to not want it or it makes you even the feeling of over love. Someone just loves you and adores you and it's too much for you. Do
0: you see how you can get to a place for me where empathy wouldn't exist? Absolutely. yeah. You can really see how obviously the way of doing it is always comparing uh, someone to a flower. And it's always a bit lovey-dovey to do it, but the idea that with the right ingredients, with the right sunlight, with the right soil, with the right water, that flower develops into its full potential. And obviously, if you mess about with some of those elements, you take away the amount of water, or you limit it to the sunlight, or you put bad soil around the roots of that plant, that plant's never going to grow to what is in its nature to become.
1: And now this is the the double-binding twist of the whole thing, we say that to have no empathy is bad. Yeah. Because it produces serial killers. Yeah. Or people who do behaviour that we don't agree with. Then the double paradox to this is we have no empathy for them.
0: Absolutely, 100%.
1: So the very thing that we uh, tarnish with a, a hideous we condemning brush... them, yeah. We have, and we see, and it's like, how can someone kill somebody seven times? I'll tell you how they can kill someone seven times. You know when sometimes you feel, you think bad thoughts, you feel angry about a situation, and you have them thoughts that you could do something really horrible, and you probably have reacted badly in the past. Yeah. That, in the in this environment we're talking about, no water and no light, yeah. uh, somebody raping you, somebody abusing you, then there's a possibility. Not saying everybody does it. You can polarize either way, but there's a likelihood they're going to polarize and one day project that anger. Yes, and we don't, we don't, we don't have the empathy
0: to no. Because we, absolutely, because we need to learn how to see the reality of what's really occurred to be able to then feel empathy in the same way that the person that we class as the psychopath that hasn't developed the capability to empathize. It's because they've not learnt it as well. It's a learnt skill, which is going back to the original point, isn't yeah. it?
1: And I think that we have actually learnt it. Yeah. I think that we do it all the time. How yeah. many times do you get angry, uh, have a belief, or even have a thought that oh, I wish my boss would just drop down dead? Or, Our
0: minds are full of that shit, yeah. not
1: And it's just like, and then if we view it in somebody else, it's just like,
0: oh. <laughs> Well, it is, It's uh, and you know what, let's have a look now. So let's look at early childhood behaviour. If you watch most kids, whatever toys they've got, those toys are theirs. And parents don't really like it when a child snatches what they believe to be their toy. They go, no, share. So there's an impulsive, instinctual part of human nature to take what they believe is theirs for their own sense of well-being and security. However, they learn then through their survival mentors, which are the gods that they call mum and dad, that that is wrong. So then the wrongness of you being you becomes secondary to this impulse in a sense. So ultimately, if you imagine now, you have those natural thoughts like you did when you was a little kid. Imagine being free, little Dennis, little little Mavis takes your tie. The instinct was to just clonk them on the head with a, the toy that you want, isn't it? Yeah. And then secondary to that is, oh, I've done something wrong. Mommy and Daddy shouted at me. So there is a, a psychotic, one could argue, lack of empathy impulse inside of all of us. That doesn't mean we're psychopaths or wrong. It means that's human.
2: I'm being really straight up about mm-hmm. everything. There's no self defense, so I'm really sorry what happened about everything. I, I was in in this this. To me, this world is nothing but evil, and all of us are full of evil, one way or another. We have evil in us, all of us do, Mm -hmm. and my evil would just happen to come out because of the circumstances of what I was doing, hitchhiking, hooking, Mm -hmm. on the road, and so learning how to be a hooker as a hitchhiker eventually got tiring in the end. I carried the gun for protection, but then I got where I was getting a real problem. Our rent was due, $1,200 behind. The Tyra was doing a lot of beer drinking and stuff. She wanted to go out all the time, so she was burning up the money I was making. But I'm coming clean before I go in that execution chamber and be executed that uh, I killed him. I pretty much had them uh, selected that they were gonna die. But I heard, you know, that you just couldn't stand being on death row after 12 years. Nick, and that this is the last time I say it, you have to kill Eileen Morris because she'll kill again.
1: Yeah, you know well, what I mean. I think this is the problem as well. We've got it like uh, all backwards. we back we, to front. We see it. I've seen a quote right today. I've seen a quote that says, "How come there's so many depressed people?" Now, for me, it's not that there's so many depressed people. Every human being has depression. Every human being has ADHD. I think these are all just human traits that we've merged and labelled and said, oh, we can highlight this and say we're not functioning right
0: because we're not doing a
1: certain thing that's normal.
0: There's nothing worse. Imagine. I mean, this, I believe we're speaking about something that there's fragments of it out there within the Awareness, but in terms of mainstream, the mainstream is 20 years beyond these thoughts. Because somebody with ADHD, we could probably put down to the fact that they've learnt some difficult behaviour or they've not had certain emotional needs met or not been able to express themselves completely clearly, and that type of difficulty creates difficulty in behaviour, that behaviour is a symptom of them trying to regulate their emotional state yes. to ease some sort of discomfort. And what is discomfort? Some sort of trauma, some sort of suffering, okay, which we all have. I have it every day. So this isn't any attack at parents whatsoever. But if we look at the fact that deep down inside all of us, before we learned or was. Sigmund Freud would say that superego takes effect, which is the parent going, no, you can't do that. That's bad. That's naughty We was the id, as Sigmund Freud would describe it, this impulsive, self-preserving little monster, basically, that wanted everything for itself. And what we've done is through the superego, through being told it's wrong to want to take for ourselves, we now condemn it when we see a lack of empathy inside somebody else. Does that make sense? hundred percent,
1: mate. And I think that the cure for that would have to happen over generations. You can't sort of get
0: it when it's too late. You can't. No one's at fault, are they? It's like a collective cultural mind program that's been passed uh, down and no one's at fault. If we all agree from tomorrow, from day one, we get
1: this education into classes, you can see the next generations would see mental health as a human trait yeah. As a, a sign that I don't understand emotions, that's
0: it. And let's look at the outcomes of so people. Are thinking, what the fucking talking about, man? This woman, this monster movie based woman, Eileen, was she killed seven men? She killed seven men. Well, let's look at it like this. If we realise that everybody's born with a lack of empathy. Now, again, we could be completely wrong, but we're just talking about observations that we've made. If everybody's been born with a lack of empathy and through the right environment, they've learned how to empathise. What those people need that we condemn to be psychopaths is to be able to learn how to empathise. But we don't know how to create that environment for them. And as a result, we get people Murdering. Now, the, res- the the conclusion to this is is this: if we get more awareness of ourselves and begin to identify ourselves in the psychopath, and relate to them, we could create better systems around them to give them the nurturing that they never had at a young age, which enables them to learn to empathise. And it won't happen with every psychopath, of course. It won't because maybe the damage is too far gone. Yeah, but if you could, if that. Environment that you've created for them through the knowledge creates 20% of those to learn empathy. You've just cut down murders and homicides down by 20%. It's a step in the right direction, isn't it? Yeah,
1: and I think it would be massive if we uh, even higher statistics in that because, first of all, what's stopping that from happening? A massive barrier that you've got from ever that ever stops you feeling uncomfortable. You you will be saying now at home, oh, I don't ever think like that. Oh, I don't have bad thoughts. You do. You you have fifty <laughs> to seventy thousand thoughts a day. Yeah, seventy percent apparently negative. Jenny
0: got the job. I didn't I've worked harder than Jenny. I've I've not had many days sickness as she has. She got the job, it's really pissing yeah. me off. Let's be honest, it's okay to that be who neighbor, we are.
1: That neighbour who's got all the Christmas tree decorations in his garden, yeah. he always shows off every How Christmas. does that person
0: afford that car? How did they get a 20 plate
1: registration? I don't understand. And in the wrong environment, this, this uh, uglier place where things don't go right, over and over again, you're going to turn and project that pain onto somebody else. And in this form, Calm's it's a, a, a mental health illness. That you kill someone—that's mental health. That is—that's yeah. Me- that's mental health.
0: And and the only antidote to mental health, in my opinion, is education and awareness. That's literally the—I believe—the answer to it. Because I believe that with education and awareness, you begin to identify yourself in the people that you condemn to be the monsters. And as a result of that, understanding and education equates to a sense of love. It's a sense of oneness between me and you. You're not the monster anymore. That we are human and we have these flaws. You went without nurture and love and empathy growing up. So, of course, you're going to be someone that has no empathy and hurt people. and You're going to act out that pain, that, that trauma that you went through.
1: Just think of a, a simple one like humour. Have you ever met someone who just doesn't ever laugh at anything or never says any jokes? They grew up without humour. It's, it's the same as empathy. Yeah. It's a skill to and learn. The,
0: and the unconscious Instinct is to judge and go what's wrong with them, as in everything's right with me. It's like I know it's silly and the culture doesn't really appreciate it these days, but some of the wisdom that the stories through the Jesus and the Bible is the idea that he who cast the first stone, you know what I mean? He who has not judged cast the first stone and stone that woman and <laughs> I'm going <laughs> on to Jesus. But it's <laughs> so there's so much philosophical psychology no, beauty I'm... in the, in some of the parts of the Bible outside of religion if it was adapted into a book of psychology and, and expanding people's awareness, it would be the best
1: thing I th- on the market. I think I know what I am, by the way. I think there's a word out there called omniism. Have you heard about it? And it's about someone who doesn't believe in religion, but believes in their stories.
0: The stories, the, the myths, yeah, you? Yeah. So the, Allegora.
1: Not the whole overall acceptance. Yes. There's but nuggets not of wisdom blanketed through Every fruit, religion has a sort of connective, collective... Uh, wisdom and sort of psychology for me. It's some, almost like a philosophy, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but going back to that point that you say, I, I do agree with you, but I think there's two elements to the, the awareness side of it. And mm. I think uh, you know this anyway. The, the first one is the education knowledge 100% because that guides the way. Yeah. And we can do that easily. Education and knowledge is something that humans just absorb. We can yeah. do it. But it's it's the experience for me. It's carrying out that feeling it, feeling that co- uh, connectiveness to love and oneness and wanting to help your fellow man and not to judge someone to, that's massive. When you realize you judge an opposite person and it's actually you, it's a pure reflective uh, image of you. When yeah. you say that person, it's because you want something that he's got. You yeah. can't have something that he does. Yeah. You don't have the personality or you, you despise a personality because it's a reminder of something for you. Yeah. So, the experience of the awareness will make you see what we're talking about isn't actually madness and isn't like a couple of hippies just trying to you know spread love and do the right
0: no, thing. No, it's not. There's a, there's a formula to it. It's not love's a word that describes a state of being as the result of following a certain process. You follow an educative understanding of looking at human behaviour. And the only byproduct of that is a sense of love and compassion and empathy. So it isn't a hippie philosophical look at it, but also if we look at it scientifically and I I will go toe to toe with anybody that disproves it. If you put people in the right environments and take care of them, of course you will get probably the odd ones with the old genetic debate of nature and nurture. You will get the odd ones that will still seep through that net and still show signs of being psychotic, but ultimately in the right environment, People will grow into right people. And then again, when
1: you say that about nature and nurture, maybe we will not pass genetic sort of memories down through brains and tissue and biological forms. Do you know what I mean? If we all learn this uh, education and knowledge and awareness and become this, uh, Frederick Nietzsche has got an idea of the overman. Yes. We are just a bridge to a higher intellectual person. Yes. This, this, I believe, can exist through us now. There's a, yeah. there's a few percent of people who do the right thing and are loving and caring and, and give stuff back. We've seen people on the podcast who do that. Yeah. And these sort of people are this overman. This, yeah. They've learnt the they're secret. Walk, they're
0: walking across that bridge, aren't they? Yeah. The and
1: bridge in that gap. Unfortunately, it's 95% to 5% at the moment. Yeah, But imagine the whole collective. It goes into schools. We learn from the age of 16 uh, a teacher can turn around to you and say, are you okay there? What's wrong? Uh, yeah. And, you know, you you pick out the bullies and you realize that ah, the ones. Little the
0: little kid at home just says, mommy and daddy have been hurting me. Yeah. Or, or, or mommy and daddy, they love me to bits, but they're just not there enough.
1: There is no such thing as a bad person or a bad no. kid. That uh, woman in the serial killer. Did you think she grew up wanting to kill seven people? Come on. It's of course like, she didn't did she delict- want to be raped? Did she want to be abused?
0: No. Did she want a dad to be a convicted uh, child molester and leave the family at one year old? Did she want a mom to abandon her? Did she want to be adopted by her grandparents and a grandfather abused her? Did she want to look for fulfillment and love through just giving sexual acts for money to survive? Of course, she didn't. All she learnt was to feel worthless and nothing could not be needed. So, of course, that pain yeah. is going to go out at the people that have abused her, which was, let's look at it, be honest, it was men. In this yeah. situation
1: And do you know what she even said as well She said she didn't even hate men She said she just had a category of men That were yeah. were Vile And these are the uh, Again The other people That just wasn't yeah. loved
0: So Understanding evil I think we've summed up a little bit there Haven't we So thanks for sharing that Craig Alright
1: Yep yeah. And um, One more thing Did Yeah Hit you with another bombshell
0: Oh dear Come on
1: So basically Um the why, you know, this question, and I know that we've had this debate before privately, maybe not on a podcast about love. Let's just say that love is the default setting, no matter where it comes from. And I think that scientists, religious people and spiritual all, all believe in this philosopher. Uh, I've got my own doubts about it, but I know you're a big believer that we just have this default setting of love. And that's it. Right. um, we sort of grow up in an environment and we get ripped apart and we become that monster, that evil. And we just want to return to love. And we just want love even uh, unconsciously. We're thriving for it. However, that's uh, a mechanism to survive as an animal or it doesn't really matter, but it just seems to be there. Yeah. Now for me, I think that we've got to think of ourselves in a separate way. Not the biological human being, but just think of this. Terms of energy, we are sort of an energy, a vibration, always moving. And if this default setting is love and it's in the wrong environment and it's never really even taught to a child that the default setting that you'll always have is one of love and comfort then we are always going to be sort of vibrating on a whole different frequency. Yeah. And I think that this is the key to, to, to understand it better than the, the, the biological way that we look at the world. I think. I
0: agree 100%. It's an energetic type of field that what love is, isn't yeah. it? It's a movement from
1: an electric sort of network. For I've me. got, yeah.
0: And let's try and help people understand that now. So if people are watching this, close your eyes and get a sense of your, Now, if you could get a sense of you, and let's really look at you with your eyes closed, how would you describe what it is that your experience of you is? For me, it's a sense of, it's like an energy that you call you. That energy has been given a name, like Craig and Andrew that you identify with. But underneath that name, you are, the best way of you describing you is a sense of energy or what the gurus would say is a sense of I am but it's an energetic type of experience isn't it an energy you feel sad it's a it's a low heavy energy depressed quite similar ecstatic it's a high vibrant fluctuating energy yeah. happiness laughter what it's about the, then-
1: what about the times when you even switched off Do you know those feelings where you're, like, unconscious and you've drove home and you've, like, had 10 minutes where you don't even know how you got home? Yeah. Sometimes the plug's
0: off. (laughs) You've gone, yeah. The the you that you define yourself to be, which is this conscious person, has gone and you've just been, like, driving down a road, not crashing into anything, staying in your lane while you've been thinking about, oh, God, I don't want that dinner.
1: And I get and, (laughs) and And to think that this energy can switch on to autopilot so you don't even have to be there with it. Uh And uh, I I think of it like this. Um, When you put a plug into the wall socket, the electric is always running. You put the plug in, but you still have to switch a switch on, don't you? There's still one last mechanism for it to come through. Uh, For me, switched on is pure love. Yes. Everything else is you are off, basically, to yes. me, if that makes sense. Yeah, I've, I've got a question for you as well, Andy, putting you on the spot for the final time in this.
0: You haven't really put me on the spot, to be fair. You've just talked about your fevers, haven't you?
1: So, basically, uh, something that I do that I didn't realise that I did all the time, but it's a good thing, and it might be a good tip, but you could tell me the therapeutical side if it is. Um, I get the normal urges to moan and whinge and rant about life and I don't like that feeling and I know that I have to I'm ranting and uh, going on about myself basically being miserable no desires met attachment and it makes me miserable so this is what I do in the traffic jam going to a job that I don't want to go and I'm unhappy and I start moaning in my head the old inner dialogues off I'll think of a worse perspective a, 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 diffi- a more difficult position I could be in so I put myself homeless in my head I mean, at least I'm not homeless at least I've got a job to go to some people haven't got a jobs in this time of COVID go on
0: get to the point
1: <laughs> so basically just negative thinking but it seems to rewire and re uh, sort of again probably makes me feel gra- grateful for where I'm at Yeah. so a worst case scenario I always think of probably 10 times worse than that.
0: Is this a therapeutical tool that people could use? Well, the only thing I would say is it would work for people because it has for you. And that's the beautiful thing about therapy. It's about finding out what works for the individual in front of you. Does those therapeutic tools make you feel better with your current reality?
1: It's uh, it does this good instant effect for me. Good. When when Uh, you have the reality, if you, mentally get into a reality that you're far worse off you've just been diagnosed with something incurable something so crazy and then you just feel that for like a split second it's like you're happy to do
0: anything after that so it makes you feel better doesn't it then it's worth it's worth it 100 percent. so and it's probably the best type of self-love finding things that make you feel best about your current situation and sticking to them and making them a, a, a routine or even a ritual in a sense, you yeah, know what I mean? Trying to
1: get back switched on, I suppose. Yeah.
0: So whatever it may be, as we've seen with some of our guests, we don't believe with every philosophy that every guest has, but the philosophy that we've got is does their philosophy make them feel empowered, give them a sense of well being and purpose and meaning? If the answer is yes, then who are we to fucking question what that is? You know what I mean? Yeah. So that brings us to an end. Thank you, Craig.